the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God established marriage for the welfare and happiness of mankind. But you know, there are some people who think that marriage was created by society as a way of managing the transference of property from one generation to another. They believe that marriage was created by society and therefore it can be recreated, redefined. Everything you see these days, especially in the news, gives us a clear indication that God's plan for marriage is definitely under attack. This is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he took a break from his series in the book of Colossians and the book of John to share a message on the family. And this is what we're presenting to you uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Thanks for joining us, and with part two, here's Pastor Layton. Humans did not create marriage and family. God did, and he's the one who provides the definitions and the guidance. He knows how to make it operate best. And when marriages and families are doing it God's way, then welfare, well-being, happiness is the product. You know, you and I are here today because we have, we believe that God knows better and we're here to find out how to do it God's way because we're here to study God's word where he tells us how to do it. But, you know, many Americans and and particularly the young ones are not so likewise convinced. A report by University of Virginia's National Marriage Project had the following conclusion, less than a third, one out of three, only one out of three High school senior girls and only slightly more than a third of the boys seem to believe that traditional marriage is more beneficial to individuals than the alternatives. Two out of three three kids coming out of the public schools believe that alternatives to God's design for marriage are just as valid or more valid than God's design for marriage. Much of that perspective has been driven by Hollywood because Hollywood very rarely portrays a happy, healthy marriage. And Hollywood has had an impact on the way people perceive marriages. Like many people believe that most marriages are unhappy. But when you find out that they're not, it it changes that understanding. There was a a report by Pew Center in 2010 that concludes that 84%, 84% of married people are very satisfied with their family lives. 84%. You see, it's not that most people are unhappy about their marriage. That's not true. It's those who are unhappy about their marriage are just a lot louder. That's what's true. The world says that marriage and family is a bad idea. God says that marriage and family is a good idea. They can't possibly both be true. Scientific studies show that when we do it God's way... It's a good idea. According to the Journal of Marriage and the Family, children living with both biological parents are 20 to 35% more physically healthy than children from broken homes. You see, there's no other environment that so consistently and exceptionally produces healthy, happy, secure children that flourish than a family with both mom and dad done God's way. 
God really does have a better idea. Life is always better when it's done God's way, the godly way. Psalm 127.3 says that children are a gift from God, a gift from God. You know, when I was young, younger, I used to think that children were an accident. Oh, how foolish I was. Now when I see a child, I know that they're a little miracle. And my heart is burdened because I know of a number of couples in our church that would love to have children and raise them to be godly children. But I'm told that one out of six couples cannot have children. And it's a burden that they carry, and and we need to also be praying for them as well. See, children are a gift from God. I I have learned more about my Heavenly Father's love by being a father than I could have ever learned if I'd read a thousand books on the subject. Because all of that information would go here. But I have experienced the love of God, and I've experienced the love of being a father. I'm not a perfect father. No human father ever is. But we do have a perfect father. He is in heaven. He's all wise, all loving, all knowing, patient and kind. He looks out for our best interests both in time and eternity. I understand more of fatherly love by knowing God as my heavenly father. He's made me a better father. One of the things that I have come to experience is the unconditional love a father has or should have towards his children. See, my children haven't always done the right thing. They haven't always pleased me. Sometimes they've said things or done things. They've gone through phases of life where they've gotten off track. But my love for them has never wavered. They're my children. I love them. I always will. My love for them is unconditional. I learned that from God, my heavenly father. But not everyone has been raised in a godly home, and many have experienced conditional love, where parents use love as a motivational tool to encourage or manipulate their children. If you perform well, then you'll be loved, or you'll be loved more. It could be academic, it could be athletic, it could be artistic. Whatever the performance standard is, is the amount of love that you receive is contingent on your performance. That should never be, because God is our model, and God's love towards his children is not conditional. It's always unconditional. Now, God created marriage and family for several reasons, one of which was to create godly offspring, godly children. In uh, Malachi 2.15, we read, Did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? He's talking about marriage. And what was the one God seeking? What was he seeking? Answer, Godly offspring. Literally, seed of God. Seed of God, godly offspring, godly children, children who belong to God. One of the reasons for which God created marriage was to produce godly offspring. And then that brings the question, well, how? How do we bring up godly offspring? And that's what's directing our attention now to Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to read it. I invite you to follow along. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them, notice that you, your children, and their children after them, generations, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities that you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Isn't it remarkable how consistent human nature is? When things are going good, we forget the Lord. And then when things start going sideways, that's when we start to get serious about, about seeking the Lord. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the people around you. For the Lord your God who is among you is a jealous God, and his anger will burn against you, and he will destroy you from the face of the land. Do not test the Lord your God as you did at Massa. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. Do what is right in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land the Lord promised. Notice, God promised the good land, but you can't go in and take it over unless you're right with the Lord. When we're right with the Lord, we can receive the good, the good things that the Lord has prepared to give to us. Do what is right and good in the Lord's sight, so that it may go well with you, and you may go in and take over the good land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers, thrusting out all your enemies before you, as the Lord said. In the future, when your son asks, again, we're going back to generational, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the, the Lord your, our God has commanded you? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Give them a history lesson on what God has done. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we're careful to obey all of this law before the Lord our God... As he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. So God gave these instructions so that the knowledge of God would be passed from generation to generation. And, and I want us to focus in on verses 4 through 9 because it, he tells us how to do it. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with your, all your might. And these two verses are called the Shema, which is a basic statement of faith of the Israelite people. Um, when Jesus was asked the question, what's the greatest law? This is where he came to, these, the, to this verse. And, and the Lord, our God, the Lord is one, has three different possible meanings. It could mean Yahweh alone is Israel's God, that Israel serves and worships only Yahweh. Or it can mean Yahweh is the one and only God, there are no other gods. Or it can mean Yahweh, the God of Israel, is one, in contrast to the polytheistic concepts and religions of the civilizations around them. And, and all of these are true. 
And then it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. And this is a way of communicating that we need to love God completely without reservation. You see, the heart refers to the activities of the mind. When we say heart in America, we think in terms of emotions, but actually, from a Hebrew perspective, it has to do with our thoughts. The soul is a reference to our emotions. And then our might refers to our physical strength. And what, it, what it's commanding is that we should love God completely with all of our being. Each year about this time, Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, takes a break from his regular sermon series and spends one Sunday in dedication to the family. And that's exactly what we're sharing with you today and yesterday and tomorrow. This single message that was presented to the congregation just a couple of weeks ago. And if you'd like to hear the entire message, you can do that easily on our website at studyversebyverse.com. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands, and their website is highlands.us. It would be so encouraging to hear from you. Share the fact with us that you listen to the program. You can do that either at highlands.us or studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day. We'll wrap this message up tomorrow when Pastor Layton returns and helps us study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.